This is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. Uh, uh, uh. Check it, you are now tuned in to Fish at the Water Where comedians learn from forerunners and give honor Tweety and Jeremiah mix it up like honor farmers Making sure everybody leaves educated like scholars This is Fish Shadow Water This is Fish Shadow Water Hey everybody Look at this, I'm, I'm doing the first intro, yeah, that's weird I jumped on Tweety's line That's good uh, This is Jeremiah And I'm Tweety and today on Fish Out of Water, we have a good friend of ours. He is the writer-director of the film Bloodsucking Bastards. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's really good. Founding member of the improv team Dr. God. One of the founders of the Pack Theater. He's uh, part of their digital core, or I mean their core facility, or fuck, what am I saying? Their core digital people and improv <laughs> faculty. <laughs> uh, he's a board member at Camp Improv Utopia. Uh, I'm, You're flawless. I'm, 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 I'm sounding like you Tweety through, man. when we, right now, when we start these. Uh, Brian James O'Connell, BOC. <laughs> What's up, man? Two two small. That was very well done. Uh, right. Two small corrections. Okay. Doctor um, <laughs> Doctor God uh, wrote uh, Blood Sucking Bastards. I just directed it. Oh, okay. And, All right. So a writer of that. Yes. Yeah, so okay. I don't want the other four. Uh, uh, Doctor God and and this other guy Tim uh, mm-hmm. wrote it. Uh, so I don't want the other four guys, my four brothers, to be mad at me. Uh, and the other thing, and technically, I am not a founding member of Doctor God. Oh wow! Uh, I'm actually the youngest member of Doctor God. Really? And, and I'm the second O'Connell. There was an Eileen O'Connell, uh, not the Eileen, Eileen O'Connell you're thinking of. There, <laughs> there are three Eileen O'Connells in comedy, and they all get. Uh, yeah, there was an Eileen O'Connell that was on that team. Uh, we saw her actually a couple years ago. And just in passing, she was like, "So is there?" We're like, "Nope, no, nope, yeah. just the five of us now." I don't blame you for asking, but no, you can't. You can't get back onto the team. You can't oh, that's get on. <laughs> she was saying it mostly kidding, but like right. it's just if if we'd been like, yeah, we thought She'd about jump adding some women back onto the team, she would have she would have jumped on it at that moment. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Uh, Tweety does that with our sketch team at IO. I do. I, he used to be on the same team as me, and he's constantly telling. Me back. Hey, if anyone drops off, just tell them I'm I'm ready. To, I'm ready to come back I'm on. Ready yeah. to come back. It was a. Uh, we would take you back though. What's that? We would take you back. I think so. Maybe <laughs> maybe one or two people wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, Eric Voss, you know Eric Voss. Oh, very well. Yeah. Former, former Dell Close Award winning student of the year, Eric Voss. Oh, really? Student Whoa. of the year. That, that is a bit I've been doing with that guy for years. That says you want because every once in a while, I'll, like put my like I'll see him outside of IO. And I'll put my hand over my eyes, and you're like, you know, block out the sun. I'm like, wait a minute, is that Del Close winning student of the year, Eric Voss? And he's like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> I didn't I think, know that I was such likes an it award. At this point. Yeah, yeah, of course. He likes anything that brings attention to Eric Voss. Yeah. Student of the year. Wow, what a goody two shoes. I know. And that's, and that's an easy, that's a, like, not an easy, I should say. Uh, that's actually like a really nice award to have because only the teachers vote on that. Right. Yeah. Kyle yeah. Peterson was nominated and he lost. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to start doing this. Is that. Kyle Peterson, the nominated but lost student of the year. You know, it's just it's just an honor to be nominated. <laughs> but Eric Voss is a great director, is my point. Yeah, he's a oh, very like very great director, and I really enjoyed working with him. I like his writing on Split Sider too. It's like yeah, he's like, very good. At... Like it's, he's one of those few comedians that can. It's like it's like anytime you see like uh, a person who's a film critic or a music critic, and they have their side band, or you saw their first movie, you're like, nah, you just suck, dude. And this is all bitter. Uh, Voss writes really good critiques of like, you know, when he does the SNL stuff and all yeah. that. But mm-hmm. also, he's like really, really good at it as well. So he's like, he's, yeah. he's, it's a very 
small Venn diagram that he's like right in the middle of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And, and also, you're going to cut this part out, right? Yeah, we're going to cut it all out. I don't want him to get a big get head. A big head. Because it's funny because I actually knew about Voss before because I would read this guy's SNL review. Yeah. And I was like, this is pretty good. And then once I became a team that mm-hmm. he was a director on, and then got to know him. I was like, no, I'm not. I'm yeah. never going to tell him. Like, yeah. First of all, you're like, who's this 13 year old that they hired to direct my sketch show? Right. Right. Very, very young looking. You man. can grow a beard, boss, started. but it's not going to change the fact that you look like a five year old. <laughs> you look we, like Vincent Adult Man <laughs> directing. My, directing when we my first started sketch. doing this, we knew that Voss wanted to come on. He was like, he didn't. He wouldn't. Um, but he wouldn't ask. But he wouldn't. Well, he he wouldn't even hit, but he wouldn't come right out and ask. So we started asking everybody around him <laughs> oh, and then like telling them to text him. Oh, that's big. And be like, oh man, I got like, like it was a big deal. Yeah. And uh, it was pretty great. All right. Because yeah. it was eating up. And to up. this day, Voss has the lowest listens. <laughs> yeah. The lowest listens I've ever had. I'm kidding, Voss. I'm going to make him listen to this and that's going to hurt, but it's a joke. It's a joke. Um, All right. Okay, great. Anyway, so back to where we were. Enough about sure. Eric Voss. Yeah, um, so, okay, so. Sort of tell us about Blood Sucking Bastards. Blood Sucking Bastards, yeah. Uh, Blood Sucking Bastards is a project that we got brought on to as sort of a collective unit. Uh, Dr. God, we start off as an improv team and we're doing real well and all that. Uh, and then we sort of had a come to Jesus meeting uh, moment, um, spurred by uh, our very good friend and sort of uh, one of our mentors, Matt Lillard. We were doing a show with him up in San Francisco, Sketch Fest. Of Scream fame. <clears throat> yes, of Scream fame. Uh, and current Twin Peaks fame, and he's getting. A lot of, we're really happy for our boy. He's getting a lot of good press off of that. Um, he was like, uh, so late at night at the Airbnb, he was like, Airbnb. He was like, you guys are really good. I was like, but what's next? What do you want to do? Do you want to just be like a great improv team, or like, do you want to make stuff? For you? And like, he sort of like, in a very polite and very um, supportive way, sort of challenged us to say like, okay, so we sat down and had a come to Jesus meeting, and that's where we decided to start having production meetings instead of improv rehearsals. Mm, so cool. we're sort of a one-stop shopping like a uh, bloodsucking bastards was the third feature i've directed neil and dave have done more television than i'll ever do in my life um sean cowig uh you know he was a technical director at io for years and years and years <clears throat> so he knows every piece of equipment on the planet but he's also he's also part of that emerson mafia it's kind of the same thing like uh dave park was on you know i think it was I'm going to screw it up. I forget the name of it. It's whatever the sketch team that the Broken Lizard guys started at Colgate. Oh, and okay. And then Dave and uh, Dave Park and then Brendan McLaughlin, who also used to be on Dr. God, um, were on that team. So the Broken Lizard guys are kind of mentors to us as well. Uh, and then Justin Ware, who is a studio-approved screenwriter. He's sold a, a bunch of uh, screenplays on that. So we were sort, of, were sort of like a one-stop shopping collective. And our friend Colleen Hard was working for a company called Maybe This Year Productions, and they had uh, they had the script and this other group, uh, Fortress Features, the guys that made the you know, the Collector and the Hunted, like they were horror movie guys, and they had uh, they had the money, and so it was this. They had been working together, but they'd been it was a horror comedy, and they'd been through so many different different. Uh, they had been through a couple directors already, and through like several drafts, and they couldn't quite cut it. And then Colleen was like, "Well, I have these friends of mine, Doctor God." Um, you should meet them. So me and Justin went in and did the original meeting of like, hey, can we all just like get along? Do we seem like this would be a good fit? Right. <clears throat> and then they were like, this is great. Why don't you come back to us and pitch us um, sort of like your take on it. So we kind of came up with a treatment and solved like a lot of the problems like right out the gate. And they're like, oh, that's great. Do you think that 
if you got, do you think you guys could get a script by like this date? And we did. And we actually came in like three days earlier. Uh, and that was a weird process because uh, we kind of we kind of divide and conquer. We have a lot of Doctor God has a lot of uh, irons in the fire at once, and it's great when you have five friends that like get along really well, but have the same sense of humor and the same passion. Mm-hmm. So there's not like these endless discussions. Like it's mm-hmm. kind of us against the world, if anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, never, you very rarely us against each other. I'm actually racking, racking my brain right now trying to think of any argument that lasted like longer than 20 minutes. <laughs> Uh, so we finished that. So me and me and Sean, uh, Justin gets up super early cause he's weird. Uh, so he would write until about noon or one o'clock, um, then send it over to me and Sean who bartend at night. So we would write until about from noon to six to eight o'clock and send him the pages back. And so when Justin would wake up in the morning, he would read what he, we would read what he had done in the morning and do our stuff and take it over from there or change one or two lines back. And then Justin would get it. And then in the morning and either take it from there or go back and change one or two lines. And then there was a few times where we would go back and change the same, like two lines. We're like, no, fuck you. That's funnier. Yeah. Uh, but we, we, we banged out a rough draft very, very quickly. Like I think less than 15 days and then many, 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 many drafts after that. And Justin Ware did a ton of heavy lifting, but that, at that point, we turned in a rough draft, and they were like, oh, shit. I we were like, yeah, we work good, and we work fast. Um, and I think the last thing, the last step before they kind of signed off um, is they were like, well, we don't really know Brian, so like, we don't know if we can like, just turn this guy over to the director. And was like, oh, that's fine. And so I sent them a, uh, we sent them a copy of the second feature I directed, uh, uh, Angry White Man, which we shot... Uh, with two of my best friends from college, Brian Mandel and uh, Bob Hardison, and we shot that woman to North Carolina. And we shot that on 35 millimeter. Oh, that's crazy! Yeah, we, oh wow, <clears throat> we got a lot of deals, hooking by crook uh, type of stuff. And they watched that, and um, they're like, "Oh, that's great! I'm great I'm like that!" Like, how, like, what did you make that for? And I told them the number, and they're like, "What? Mm-hmm. We thought you made that for like a million and a half dollars." We're like, "No, nowhere, nowhere close." And I, and I still legally can't say how much we made it for, mm-hmm. but that's. That's when uh, Brandon and Colleen from Maybe This Year Productions and then uh, Brett and Patrick from uh, Fortress Features, that's when their eyes got real wide as producers. They're like, oh, you guys can make quality for super, super cheap and make it look like you spent more money on it than you did. That's our bread and butter we're in. And then that's Mm -hmm. pretty much from from the final script, I'd say like from actually from the first day of principal photography to the day that we premiered at Slamdance, um, was almost exactly a year, like wow. almost the day of. Yeah, like it from from script to screen went real, real fucking fast. That's, that's crazy. Great. Yeah, it's crazy yeah. how fast. That's that amazing. Went. So that's still I, playing now. Is like, and then people are like, "Hey, I just watched it the other day. It's great, man. It came up on Showtime." I was like, mm-hmm. "Yeah." <laughs> I imagine. Yeah. Do you get paid every time it comes up on Showtime? Uh, no, I have a lot of deferred payments, which everyone listening to this that works in the film business knows that I have no payments. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> someday, maybe. I'll, I'll maybe see some of that money, but hopefully that'll be a good chunk of change that would just surprise me. But right. I'm not, not holding out my breath. Right, right. And I like so, so would you, you talked about you had, you went from improv meetings to production meetings. Mm-hmm. I imagine that has a slightly different tone and like you gotta, I would imagine you have to be more disciplined into. Oh, a ton. Right. Yeah. Like, because writing, a, uh, would you guys get together and, and create ideas or like. Well, that was the first thing when we right. when we first do it, and we and we sort of settled in 
to a really good rhythm and pattern right now, but it's not that far off from what we very first did. And like one of the first couple meetings, the first very first meeting was like, do we want to do this? Is this the direction we want to take? Or do we kind of just want to continue to be a fuck around team? Mm-hmm. At that point, we all went, the six of us, uh, before Brendan left, we were like, yeah, we want to do this. And then the second thing was like, okay, what do we want to do? Right. Do we want to put, uh, and then so we just started assembling assets, not only like who had access to equipment, but who also had access to um, connections, you know, not only just like here in the studio world, but like, you know, who's got connections to money? Well, I got these money guys, like I had some money guys in New Jersey that I met doing Angry White Man and Justin uh, has a partnership with his, uh, his, he's got a company called Hollywood Farms and his partner has a lot of uh, connection to Houston and Dallas money. So they're always doing that kind of thing. Uh, and then like, yeah, and then a lot of it was generating ideas of like, mm-hmm. okay. And then a lot of like, okay, who wants to do what? Who's going to be, um, do the two of you, uh, Dave and Sean, do you want to pair up and sort of like lead the charge on that? And Neil's like, I've got this idea for a feature. Cause that was our big first one. It's like, we, we need to make a feature. We need to make a feature. Right. We need to make a feature. Oh, so that was your first <clears throat> goals. Feature, feature. Yeah. Cause we're all, fe- we're, right. in our hearts, we're all movie buffs. We're all movie guys. Right. We're guys that we want to make movies and, and television for sure. Mm-hmm. But just at that moment, the dream was like, let's make a movie. Um, so yeah, we started doing that. And at that point I had already written and directed my own feature. And so Neil was like, Oh, I want to write this thing about this, uh, this part of my childhood in Jersey. We're like, yeah, great. Go do that. Uh, and now the sort of thing that we sort of, that's how it kind of started. Now the thing we just sort of settled into, but isn't still that much different where we started. We always start with live stuff. We're always going to do the improv shows. We're always going to do the revivals. It's what keeps us grounded. It keeps us sharp. It keeps us fun. It keeps us connected to our audience and to our friends. Uh, it's important. It's a great way to not only test out new talent. Um, <clears throat> what I mean, like to get a revival host, like an Armando, mm-hmm. monologist, basically someone that we want to work with. So even if they aren't comfortable doing it yet, we can invite them to that show. And it's also a really easy way to invite industry to our own show, uh, especially if like if we're pitching someone this TV show to get a couple of them to come see us live, to see us in our element, to see how well we get along, to see how great our chemistry is, to see how like smooth it is because we've been doing it for so long together and to have a packed house filled with all of our friends who know all the inside jokes and laugh and it makes us look really cool. Mm-hmm. So the, the live stuff will always stay. So we always start with live stuff. We go, all right, okay, who's going to be the monologist? Who's going to reach out for this? So we got Fran Kranz uh, coming up on July 15th is doing our revival. Uh, and he was the lead of Bloodsucking Bastards, right? Um, we've had Echo Kellum do it. We've had Matt do it many, many times. Dave Holmes is another a regular of ours. Uh, you know, Parvez China. <clears throat> and then we'll have uh, the people, you know, we've, you know, Zabeth and Zabeth Russell and Marshall Gibbons, who are in Bloodsucking Bastards, are friends of ours. So we'll have them come in and play uh, with us, as was, you know, Parvez. Uh, so we always do the live stuff. Then we go, okay, what's the whatever's the most pressing, whatever the, you know, at the front of the burner. Uh, it's like, okay, well, this time and right now, we're, we're trying to work on getting our next feature, but ours, like, we're, we're the leads. And, and with some caveats, like, we'll willingly take a backseat if someone wants to put, like, something huge in it. Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise. Yeah, and I'm like, and even to the point now, like, we're having conversations about this one that I'm supposed to direct, but if the budget gets to a certain point that it's out of my hands and they can bring in a director who is means more than I do, then yeah, I will absolutely step down and just play the role that I'm already assigned to play in and just have more fun. Mm-hmm. And that's the nice thing about that is because we have that group in other groups. Uh, like for us, when that happened, uh, both Neil and Justin were like, Oh, well, Oh, that, well, that 
that that was fast. Yeah. We were we were expecting a much more pushback. I was like, no, it just makes sense. A high tide raises all ships. Right. Something better. Like Dave Park made it to like the final rounds of the SNL auditions. Like he went to New York and all that. And I would be sad and be bummed because I would miss him, but I'd also be really happy for him if he had gotten the the gig. But also it would just be better for Doctor God because then during the summer hiatus that SNL takes, we could make that movie because hey, we've got a guy right. who's fucking on SNL right now. Right. So it's it's always that. So and then and we sort of work our way down the line to like what's on the back burner and then whatever's like sort of left over. And then we are constantly making sure that as things are finishing up or kind of finishing out their cycles that we have new ones coming in and that whoever's been lead dog on the ones that are the most ready to go <clears throat> shouldn't be the ones creating the new ones. So as the new ones become the old ones and are ready to go, the people just cycle back. Right. So there's all kinds of different combinations that we've been working together that way so sometimes it's me and justin sometimes it's me and neil sometimes it's neil and justin sometimes it's neil and sean sometimes it's sean and dave sometimes it's me and dave mm-hmm. that, it just keeps going do you find way. out or do you feel like working with a group because uh, it's five total there's five of us that, now, yeah. that are all writing or <laughs> yeah we in all, some form or fashion yeah. putting their stamp on the script is it collectively hard <laughs> to find that one voice for you guys oh, no, or is it we, now we get along so well and yeah. all of our sort of our Overall philo- philo- uh, philosophies of what comedy is and what good comedy is sort of work. So we have those people like sort of take the leads on things. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. But when we finally bring in, before we ever let anyone outside of Dr. God see it, we do uh, a group polish. Usually, uh, usually Justin uh, is very good at sort of like giving it a nice studio polish of like, all right, these are the beats and this is how an actual story works on it because these he understands how those people are reading uh, read it but as far as it comes to like quality control like we will have a sit down and we will do our own table read through the through the bit through the script to make sure there's no holes in it and also to like really have like a tough thing like if anything anything that's a b minus joke or below we cut we just cut so we just don't so nothing nothing leaves the doctor god's sphere to be seen by someone else that hasn't had all five of our eyes on it all five of our hands on it and everyone's seal of approval. That's and, great. <clears throat> and yeah. we're very good about sharing credits appropriately. So there there are certain things that, like there's a script that is Justin Ware's baby, and we might do a polish on it, just like punch up and jokes when you do, but it should be, it, it, it should probably be said that it's written by Justin Ware and not Justin Ware and Dr. God. Whereas something like um, this other movie we're working on, it would be this person and Dr. God. Um, I'm working on one right now specifically for us that it, it will, it will have them do the polish and have them, you know, and we'll bounce ideas off each other. But like that one's my baby that will say written and directed by Brian James O'Connell. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Like, I mean, I gave up, you know, I gave up a film by for blood second bastard. So it could be a film by Brian James O'Connell or a Brian James O'Connell film. I gave up that credit. So it could be a Dr. God film because we needed it. Mm-hmm. We needed to do it. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's, that's me being generous, but that's also just me being like, that's just the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah. High tide raises all ships. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> yeah, that's great. Yeah. So um, we talked about this previously before mm-hmm. we were recording, and it's something sure, sure. that I think is uh, sort of interesting because we do write a lot of mm-hmm. stage sketch. Yeah. We do write stuff for video. Mm-hmm. We just released our first Foopod video. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, we're really proud of it. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, but we mainly write for stage. Right. 
And uh, because we do more stage at yeah. this point in life, mm-hmm. yeah. but we also kind of like with you, we realize well, we can't do that shit forever. Like no. it's great, but if we want to, I guess make it a, a financially, it's wiser to start putting your eggs in the basket that you know sure. can potentially stage get you sketch, stage sketch is important will always be important because sure. it works that muscle right. I mean, it's a very unique muscle because that's part of one of the reasons we started doing the digital program at the pack and we'll get to that later i want to talk about this first uh, is that that sort of it's very easy to also get into a rhythm um for stage sketch so it keeps you honest it keeps you on deadline it teaches you how to do it. so you know you know how stage sketch shows go. It's like first yeah. week you do all the writing. Mm-hmm. Week two is all the rewriting. Week three we put it up on its feet. Week four we have the show. Rinse and repeat. That's yeah. great. Mm-hmm. That does that type of that type of schedule does uh, teach you how to be like a self starter and self motivator. And it teaches you how to take notes too from oh, a yeah. large group of people because that was the hardest part for me at first was like listening to all eight people give me notes where it's like all right, but I don't think you're funny. Yeah, but I have to take your note. All right, <laughs> for sure. Like that shit was hard, but now you. But like, that you stuff get used doesn't trust that. That stuff doesn't translate to to the digital world, as well. And then you have to sort of like that sort of rhythm and pacing, and also you you will get less notes yeah. <laughs> if you do digital sketches. Um, I think um, my screenwriting teacher Billy May, not Billy Mays. Okay, <clears throat> not the no no okay M A I Billy. Was May. he Flex Seal? Oh no, different guy. Yeah, Billy Mays yeah. was Oxyclean, right? Oxyclean. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I had and to clear a whole that bunch up. Of other stuff. <laughs> he was a great. Uh, he was a great screenwriting teacher, and he gave me like I never had him like I never had his class class, but I, I got lots and lots of notes and like insight from him. And he told me one thing that was really great. He said there's only three types of notes. He was like the first the first category is like oh man that's a really great idea thank you I'm gonna I'm gonna try that I hadn't thought of that. The second note was like, uh, that's how you would do it, but this is how I would do it. Mm-hmm. And the third note is, fuck you, that you're crazy. That stay <laughs> That's the best part of it. He goes, and it's up to you to decide which category of note that goes into. He goes, but the trick is, if you end up finding that a lot of the notes are in one category more than the other two, you're probably being an asshole. <laughs> you're either, if it's the first one, oh, that's a great idea. Like, you're probably too being wish, too, too wishy-washy about it, right. not standing your ground. You're like, ah, that's how you would do it. And so then, then it's you like, why did you ask for notes in the first place if you're not going to try and listen to anybody and right. be open-minded to it? And the third one's like, fuck you, you're crazy. He's like, then no, you're just being an asshole. Right. And then no one will ever try and give you notes again and you'll, you'll, you'll be bummed. And no one's like, so you just kind of have to watch out for that. Yeah. That, is, that has stuck with me for like 20 years. <laughs> like, that's, that's a so great smart. It yeah. is very smart. <clears throat> Anytime uh, I like feel myself pushing back, especially against the other boys and Dr. God, the other Godders, I'm like, what are you fucking talking about? I'm like, wait a minute. There are four people that I trust implicitly in this room. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I need to step, take a step back and think, no, maybe this part does suck. Yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah. I have not written this. Kill so, your babies. yeah, stage sketch and digital sketch. Also, too, like a good one is like uh, you go to the Nerdist channel on YouTube. They put up a bunch of the kids in the hall sketches and then had Hardwick interview different members of the kids in the hall after the sketch is over and had them talk about it. And they do talk about it that like their first season and uh, maybe half, if not two thirds of season two was a lot of their sketches from their sketch show from their live show. Oh wow. And Bruce McCullough is the one that's most open about it or, or most blunt about it. I should say where he's like, look, a lot of the stuff that killed on stage, I didn't think were very, were, we're all that good on our TV show mm-hmm. because it's a different animal. It right. just doesn't. Do you sometimes any, it translates, sometimes it doesn't. How, uh, so. Do you have a hint at how you think that would happen? Like how you think you can tell what's going to be good on stage versus what's going to be good on film? I think if there's anything that's unique or, well, for me, two, I look at two things. If there's something on a, in a stage sketch that is visually unique that I feel like I could do something cinematic with, 
Uh, I take that back. Three things. <clears throat> uh, there's something, eh, maybe two. Uh, there's something unique visually that I think there's something that I could do something cinematically with, um, whether it's just be interesting blocking or there's like style. You mean like something like something stylized or something like like a great example. I think the greatest sketch of all time is Daddy Drank by Kevin McDonald from The Kids in the Hall. Okay, and that is a that is a sketch that is taking place on stage, but uh, and it's I mean. Ha- Half of it is a monologue. It's just Kevin looking straight into the camera, sitting on a stool in front of an audience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other half of it is Dave Foley in a flashback playing his father. Uh, and it's, the whole thing is told from the point of view of the camera as, as Kevin as a kid. Right. So it's just Dave Foley coming in and talking direct. So they're just two guys on stage. Right? But you need that visual element. And so it's already half a digital sketch anyway. Right. Uh, the other half is, I would say, uh, the other thing I would look at is if there's a sketch on stage that isn't quite working because they couldn't do the thing that they needed to do because they couldn't leave the space, they couldn't move perspective, mm-hmm. they couldn't force you to look at something in a very specific way. If you have, like, like any of those sketches where you see two people standing on the side of the stage is looking directly, hi, I'm CJ Trims, and I'm here for, like, they're basically doing, like, a fake commercial. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, then you should probably just shut that commercial. Right. And then show it as a video. So right. any, anything that, anything on the stage There's there. some, like, yeah, <clears throat> categories of sketches that just lend itself easily. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to shoot a, if you're making a parody on a commercial, mm-hmm. then you might as well shoot the commercial, yeah. right? Yeah, and there's some, and there's some too though that you see. Like I just posted um, ones for my friends that, that I thought was really, really good, All right? Um, but then like, and I watched it a bunch of times. I was like, oh, that's so good. That's so smart. The writing's so great, and it's just nice to see your friends like doing well. But there were also a couple points in there too where I was just like, it's going on a little long, and this is basically just a stage sketch because you are just standing in this coffee shop. And yeah, like, and it come back and like and the cuts and everything works and all that, but I'm just like, man, if there had just been a little bit more, <clears throat> like it was great. I like I was like I don't and I don't even know what the answer is, but like it would have been fantastic. And that's I think that's kind of the difference between stage and, and digital is that digital has to move, it has to go places, it has mm-hmm. to do things that you couldn't possibly do just on the stage. Right. Do you write? Do you have it in your mind at least? So I, I do. You know Shane. Uh, Heartline, he's my yeah, he's he's my uh, my good buddy, and we write a lot of stuff together. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we constantly do is if we find a location just by chance, yeah, we'll write something around that location. Because so, do you when you go into something, do you have an idea already when you start writing sketches for or video shorts or anything like that? Well, I have a lot of. There's also, like, this is where I tell everybody, too, and it's like, okay, you want to make digital videos, like, why? What's your ultimate goal? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm directing something for Stacey Rumacher coming up, uh, which you're like, and she's been talking about for forever and ever. And I was like, well, what's your ultimate goal with this? Like, do you want, and then she was like, she's like, look, I want this to be sort of a legacy piece, something that I can use to go around to get worked because I want to be a staff writer because I eventually want to be a showrunner. I want to have my own staff and I want to run a show. I'm like, great. <clears throat> for me personally, uh, in my career right now, I'm trying to get work as a director. But I'm also really, really interested in telling jokes and stories and doing stuff, things that are visually interesting, uh, cinematically interesting, things that I simply can't do on stage. I cannot do it any other way with my brain. And a lot of my show, WPCK, that I do is me trying to force that stuff into a stage experience and still keep it visually interesting that isn't just a bunch of videos on, on a screen. And so I'm not just turning it into like, you know, a shitty film festival. So a lot of the, like, a lot of the things I'm... <clears throat> when I think of I think of things conceptually and then think of like okay then how do we make that funny like the one I just put out uh, 
Falling in Love is a video, uh, a short that I did. It's 84 seconds long. Um, it's only got it, mostly one actor, uh, Alyssa Phillips, because I really wanted to do something with Alyssa. And it's, uh, I worked with Mike Garcia again, Michael Garcia. Um, he and I have done a bunch of stuff together. He's a really talented editor. So good. So good. Mm-hmm. And then we, we have such an incredible shorthand now that so I'm like, yeah, you, you know what I want. Yeah. Uh, so it only really takes like one like three-hour session for us to sit down, and then he just sends me. And I give him notes back, and he goes, yeah, yeah, I know what you want, <clears throat> uh, which makes it easy. Uh, that one, and there's a great, I think that, is, I think that one is funny, uh, but it's also interesting. It also has heart, but it also has um, something in it that has, like, legs, because that's the other thing now is that, uh, not now, it's always been that, but it's even more so true now is that there's so much other content out there, and especially if you are sketch comedians or comedian producers that want to produce digital content. You're not just going up against. I used to make the joke of like you're not just going up against other sketch teams from like you know New York and LA and Chicago and Portland and all over. You're also going up against uh, Kitten yawning. Yeah, right? <laughs> that has two billion views. Yeah. That's even more so true now because there are entire sites that are dedicated to Kitten yawning. There are entire companies like Vine and Instagram. Man, I'm just gonna start. Rec- I have a really Snapchat. cute dog. I'm gonna just record it <clears throat> sleeping. Yeah, and, and live stream it. Yeah, and make that video with that really cute dog, but make it funny and make it well done. And then what a lot of people forget, and this is something that Matt Lieberman, who teaches this type of stuff over the pack, is so good at. It's like, okay, now that you've had it, now you have to go find that audience. So every time I see someone make a, like, a, a good video, I'm like, okay, that's great. But where are the hundred Facebook groups or pages that have some sort of tangent? Like if you do something with your dog, you should be putting that video on Perina's Facebook page. You should be putting it on Dog Child's Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Every animal rescue you can possibly think of, especially if it's from your hometown, because they'll give you they'll give you some love because you're just a guy that was from there, mm-hmm. and it's a th- and it circumstance. There's still little, and then deciding too, like which project w- to belongs on what what platform. Is this a Snapchat? Is this an Instagram? Is this a Facebook Live? Is this a YouTube? <clears throat> I like for right now for my YouTube, especially YouTube because they're they're so crazy with like copyright infringement mm-hmm. on it. they've almost gone too far the other way where it's now like uh that sounds like a whisper of a guy from uh a, the bob seeger band and, and they'll just pull your whole thing yeah so i well but and facebook doesn't let you monetize or they yeah. shoot down the youtube link with the algorithm or if you yeah and if you do something that's sponsored or promoted parent like you do pay for it there's a human being that it's not just a computer it's a human being that looks at that so if you use a popular song it's out of there. They'll just they'll just yank it down immediately. Really? And sometimes they'll yank down entire pages. I didn't know about the entire pages thing. Money Penny just let me know that because I did a promotion for WPCK. He was like, "Hey, don't use that song, man, because it will get yanked." So we're right now, uh, Vimeo is where I put up all like my actual short films, the things I care about. I shouldn't say care about, but the things that like this is for my career because the it's more of a curated community. The it just looks better. Mm-hmm. The Vimeo links all Vimeo videos versus YouTube videos. It's not even close. Uh, but YouTube is where I keep all of like my weirdo ideas. Like one, I, I just put up one yesterday. It's four seconds long. It's a whale. I took someone's whale video. Like someone was on a boat and a whale like breached right in front of them and then came down and hit in the water. Like sort of came towards their boat. Uh, and then I just put that together with the yeah, <laughs> and that's it. Just because I thought it was funny and stupid, yeah. so that's where I let I let YouTube all that stuff live there. That's funny. And I'm old, so I don't 
do really anything with Instagram outside of like my one-on-one coaching stuff. And do you have a method? Don't understand Snapchat the slightest, but <laughs> uh, but dick. I'm getting there. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's it. just pictures of dicks. No, well, there's, no, I mean, no. but they, you know, Snapchat just made the first, you know, feature on Snapchat, and it was really, really good and really well made and really smart how they went about it. So, like, I want to do something like that. Oh. I'm, I'm waiting for someone to do the first, like, because Facebook Live is live, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, that's why that whole, like, mannequin challenge took off the way it did because there was, it told a story and people were going, I'm waiting for someone to do a Facebook Live where, like, they put a month of rehearsal into it, and then it's like, you're like, even, like it's a Scorsese fluid master. Like if someone's going to do it, someone's going to be in New York and it's going to recreate the like, you know, <clears throat> the Copacabana scene from Goodfellas where they start the car and they go all the way through and they end up there. The one but single re- shot. Yeah, yeah. but they, yeah, they'll do a single shot, but they'll redo it with like with influencers on that. They'll get a guy that's not any young men, but who's a guy that's a one note, like, you know, the, I mean, the funniest guy on Twitter or whatever. Like, right. They'll do that. It'll be a one time thing. That you had to like, and they will sell so much. They'll get so huge off of it, and they'll sell a ton of advertising, and they'll become a thing. And eventually, someone will give them their own channel. Yeah, that's how you do it. But I, I, hopefully, it'll be me. But I don't have the resources to do it. Yeah. So if it's Facebook Live, like do a Fluid Master. That's literally what they're there for. Yeah, that's yeah. really. I've never thought about stuff like that. Yeah, I'm giving away gold. For gold free. for free. Oh, for you're free. getting ready for your audition um are you do you think there like do you have a way of uh like a a philosophy and how you should promote some of the stuff like because you want to do directing right mm-hmm. is there i know it's a little bit different off okay. topic but do you go out and say like, like you talk about if you want to do <clears throat> excuse me dog videos you go on perina and you you post this mm-hmm. stuff to try to get the right people to see it do you have the same methodology with your directing material or how do you go about promoting um, yourself as a writer director I, I sort of in certain places where i'm hypocritical about that or i can come across as hypocritical because i don't do that with all my stuff mm-hmm. um i let like some of you know there's waves of anything that first wave is you want to have all that like good feeling and a good vibe about it like all your friends see it and go oh my god that's so great that's so nice uh and then once you let that right like so i mean i put that video out yesterday tuesday uh, it is Wednesday now. I'm going to let that ride for a couple of weeks. And then when there's not so much traction anymore, where I feel like I'm, I might send it to some people that uh, <clears throat> I'd be like, and like, I won't put it on their wall. I'll, I'll message them directly because um, putting it on someone's wall is a little like, eh. But it's the kind of thing like if they got a new dog or they just put up a picture of them with their dog, I'm like, oh, my God, that's right. I forgot how cute your dog was. And when I'm being legitimate, I'm not like lying about it. I'm like, hey, by the way, I don't know if you saw this thing that I did. And it's 84 seconds. So I'm not asking them to look at a 20 minute like pilot that I did or anything like that. Right. And I'm not being gross about it. Because <clears throat> I know, I specifically, when I see like I get a Facebook message from someone I haven't talked to in a long time, I'm like, oh, awesome. That's great, man. And it, it is slightly a little bit of a bummer when it's like, hey, can you like, we're doing a Kickstarter for this and that. I'm like, yeah. uh,. I like hearing from you, but like if you had just added like one sentence of like, "Hey man, uh, that's so cool that this thing happened," you were like, um, "Who is this new lady in your life?" I'm I know I'm being a shithead, but like, hey, look at this. I'm like, at least there's something personal about it, right? Mm-hmm. And then <clears throat> once I've gone through that, then especially this one, because I don't want to ruin the I don't want to ruin the surprise, but there is one that specifically that I when I came up with the twist, I went, "Yeah, I like that because I think it's funny, but also be." Um, that has a potential to like, get seen by like a ton of people um, because it's one of those things that like, that's why you see so many videos about food 
and about animals. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Right. Because everybody eats and everybody has animals. Oh, my, oh yeah. I mean, my God, if you if there's a way that like, what's those little tasty things like where they shoot up top and it's like really quick video. Oh, I it's just had, it was just the ingredients. It's literally just a. Set I had shunt. to start making those for this. <clears throat> yeah. This CrossFit gym that I edit for. Yeah. And it's like it's like how to make the powder or how to make the yeah. And it's like one and, quarter tablespoon. Yeah. And it's just like do 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 do. And then I, the thing I do that they really like is when it says mix ingredients, I have the two ingredients in a bowl, snap my fingers in camera, and then it changes to mixed. And oh, yeah. boy, howdy, do they love that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. um, I would say then um, if you find yourself uh, if you find yourself a way to do that exact same thing but with two fake cat paws, <laughs> that shit will take off like gangbusters. I love to cook, and Mrs. Kittens eats so eats with me all the time. Right? I love this new recipe, and it's like, and you would never ever have to show a cat's face ever. It's just the two cat paws. Again, giving away gold. That's Did you ever see the video where the gerbil was making like they're making burritos? Oh, he's for making the tiny burrito for the gerbil. Uh, for the gerbil, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a. I think that's an improviser. It's out a UC, It's a UCB guy. Oh, it's a UCB guy. Yeah. yeah. Because I knew a lot of people were like, oh, such and such is brilliant. Yeah. And it is. Uh, and it's his gerbil. Like, I just like, hey, that's, that kind of stuff I think is the best, too. Where it's just like something that you think is funny. Yeah. And doing that and just putting a little bit of effort by it. And they're shot really nice. That's my bigger thing, too, from sketch to, to digital. Is people forget about sound. And there's nothing. Yeah. Nothing makes color correction. Oh, God. Nothing makes something unfunny more quickly than me not being able to hear it. Or see it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It can so be. It can look those. beautiful, yeah. But that, the sound takes you out. Yeah, me and Jeremiah. <laughs> Jeremiah is a really, really good cinematographer, and huh? I've been editing for ten years. Yeah. So, we started kind of working together on videos, and it's like I had no idea how much better videos could look, and if you have someone that's good at it filming yeah. them, yeah. But but I also say at this point could, too, like some again, you have to de- you have to determine what platform the idea belongs on because people are like, oh, I have access to this camera. I'm like, well, at the same time I was at Slam Dance with Bloodsucking Bastards, there was a movie called um, Tangerine and that whole thing was shot on an iPhone 6. Mm-hmm. So there's literally no excuse. Um, I just saw... Was, was that the one about... It was <clears throat> shot in Hollywood? Yeah. It was about... Um, and they did like they did a lot of color correction and all that, but it was all like Adobe Photoshop. It wasn't like super expensive. Right. It was like... Like prostitutes and stuff like that. I didn't get right, to, I never right. got to see it because I was there at the exact same time. What was it called? Tangerine. Tangerine. Yeah, yeah. it's all on it. iPhone six. Yeah. Oh, yeah. dude, there's this company. There's this secret group of Nebraskans that meets mm-hmm. on the. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. On the <laughs> second Monday of every month, at the Culver City Hotel. Is it called the Nebraska Connection? Nebraska Coast Connection. Yeah, because there's the Kansas Connection as well. Oh. I found out about them because they used to always come that, to the pool hall. That I, was I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to talk shit about Kansas, mm-hmm. but sure. Nebraska is the only one that actually has humongous turnouts. Mm-hmm. We we make fun of the Kansas, and there's like a Colorado one, but they have like eight yeah, people, and they meet sporadically. We but they have not missed a week in like. 20 years yeah it's crazy no it's great um, they <clears> brought this smart. they brought a company mm-hmm. and because one of the founders of it was a nebraskan mm-hmm. and they all they do is shoot films on iphones and they started getting so popular that people would make gadgets and attachments so they yeah they, they, they someone made an attachment that they could attach it to the back of a motorcycle wheel so they can do car chases mm-hmm and they have the iPhone attached to the back of a motorcycle, like exhaust pipe, I guess, filming yeah. backwards. 
It's That's like cool. that Russian guy that did the GoPro thing where like the, the two very smart things about it. It was like it was all done from the point of view of the guy. So you were in it and like it's, you've seen it. He beat up a bunch of Russian gangsters on that. At one point he stops and like says hello to two ladies who are in bikinis for no reason. Like they're on the top of a rooftop. Like, <laughs> so he like goes by. Oh, them. yeah. He goes by them and then comes back and hello, ladies. And super smart. And it's all like crazy ass stunts and all that. And it's also super smart because uh, the close-up of the girl and the cleavage and her like pulling down her sunglasses, that's the freeze frame that he used for YouTube. So mm-hmm. everyone's like, so you're getting a click no yeah, matter what. Quick bait and then they ended up getting that guy and like and he got a feature and they made the feature version of it. Like I never saw the feature version of it because I'm like, nope, that's gonna make me want to vomit. Right. I can I can watch eight minutes of that. I can't watch eighty. Right. But he got the feature out of it. So that's all I'm like, there's there's a Facebook Live thing. There's what was a, the name of that? I for, I forget the name of it. It was shot at POV, right? <clears throat> yeah, like Char- he's wearing it. Yeah, and Charlto Charlto Copley, uh, the guy from District Nine and who played Murdoch on the Eighteen movie, um, he he was the lead in it. Mm. And uh, yeah, and one of my my post production supervisor who on um, Blood Sucking was also working on that, and he said, "Man, it's he's like we could have only shot this in Russia because." the unions here would have never allowed us to do half the shit. That those, and those guys are down for fucking anything. They're crazy. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, okay, I'm definitely not seeing this. Because <laughs> I don't want to barf. Um, just because I know we have limited time. And for I, sure. And I really want to... Um, there's like... The pack has sort of become like this new kid on the playground all of a sudden in yeah. the last couple of years it just sort of like showed up out of nowhere and yeah we were the Miles Stroth we were the Miles Stroth workshop for a long long time and that was slowly but surely built up Miles built that up by himself and then brought in one by one brought you know me in and Heather Ann Campbell and Emily Candini and then Heather brought in Eric Moneypenny and then Moneypenny brought in Sam Brown uh, <clears throat> and then we've only when we last year when we decided that you know because we started with one night of shows. I actually had to give up directing Superkudzu, which was an I.O. sketch team that I was a really, really big fan of. Uh, and it was just a murderer's row, like Ryan Hitchcock, Alan Lebeckin, uh, Alexis Simpson, Amber, uh, just Taylor Orchie, like all these just wow. incredible, incredible. Uh, I'm forgetting half of them. Uh, you know, uh, Mike McAllister, like just loaded. Uh, but uh, Miles called me up and was like, we should start doing shows. They're going to be on Tuesday nights. I rented out of the theater at the complex. You're going to run it. And that was the night that I rehearsed with uh, Super Kudzu. And if it was anybody else but the old man, I'd be like, nope. But I'm like, all right, old man. Uh, you say jump, I say how high. All right, let's go. And so we started with Tuesday night shows and then Monday night shows. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night shows. And then Denise uh, Schwartz, uh, Denise Ojeda, was like, uh, I, there's all these sketch program people. We should have a sketch night. And, and Eric and Heather was like, sketch is fucking hard. It's hard to do. Like, I don't know if people can make it. She was like, please, please, please. And then so we had a sketch night. So we had, uh, like, almost immediately we had 10 sketch teams. And then we had a Sunday night. And then Miles finally was like, we should just take this place over 24-7. We should just do seven nights a week. And so when we we all agreed, like, you know, raised our hands and said, yeah, let's do that, uh, he didn't feel it was right. Um, he's one of the fucking most even-handed, loyal, fair people I've ever met in my life. It's one of the many, many reasons he's my mentor. He was like, there's too many people working at this place who are working too hard and putting their blood, sweat, and tears into this. It's bigger than me now. It feels wrong to call it the Miles Stroth Workshop. It was called that because I was the only guy teaching it when I started. So we went through like 250 names, settled on a couple, then we immediately decided, no, we don't like those, and then immediately came up with the pack. So technically the pack has only been around for like just 
a year. July 15th is PatCon, too. That's our big mm-hmm. celebration of, like, kicking off the seven-day schedule. Hmm. So, yeah. Sorry, real quick history. That's bad. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, we are a new kid on the block. What but... were the other names that you didn't choose? Oh, uh, Hammerstone <laughs> at one point. Um, it's, yeah, it's a hyena logo, but then uh, Ali Farnakian, uh, who runs the People's Improv Theater in New York, and that Miles and he are friends because they were on the family together in Chicago. He came and played and really liked us and liked what we were doing. He was like, oh, man, I really congratulations man. I really here. and then he sent us this like nice frame thing from like the Ruyard Kipling you know that, that poem like you know the law of the jungle and the strength of the pack is the wo- pack of the wolf and the strength of the wolf is the pack right? <laughs> and so now everyone's like yeah wolves I'm like well technically it's a hyena yeah. <laughs> Eric Bauer put a lot um, of hyenas like, are actually it. way more badass than wolves that's why we chose hyenas because it was like you know it's they're uh Scavengers. They're and like, if, yeah, you, if you, if you, you packs. If you systematically try to kill off, I learned about this. If you yeah. systematically try to kill off wolves, they die. Mm-hmm. If you systematically try to kill off hyenas, they like don't die. Or is that coyote? Maybe I'm thinking of coyotes. Yeah, they just yeah, it's sort of the same thing. They like, get bigger, like they get yeah. somehow make more of them. Yeah, like just the you know, the idea of like that high pitched dark because a lot of us are into dark stuff. You know, like so that dark laugh of like, <laughs> yeah, like, like hyenas. So yeah, that's we we've been doing that. Uh, thank you. You had a question there, God, I feel like that, That's basically, but the, that's yeah. basically the question. But then the follow up would be, mm-hmm. what's the new? So you have a sketch program. Your teachers are Sam Brown, Eric. Uh, it's Eric Money teaches uh, level one. Sam Brown teaches level two. Mike Upchurch uh, teaches level three, and then uh, we have a level four where we create our teams, um, and then Sam and Eric uh, co-direct that. Um, we have a we have. The improv side is myself. Uh, Emily teaches one. I teach level two. Uh, Rebecca Sohn teaches level three. Rich Sohn teaches level four. They just moved here from Chicago. They're, uh, they're annoyance people. They're great. We're very lucky to have them. Miles teaches level five and level six. And then five and six are our performance levels. <clears throat> and then uh, we have character. Uh, we have a lot of electives, like Jeff Sloniker teaches uh, his character workshop, which is great. Um, we have Sheer Piven in right now teaching acting for uh, for camera. That's uh, Jeremy Jeremy Piven's. Uh, well, she's been in the business forever now. Yeah, Jeremy, I, Jeremy Piven's sister McKay's and McKay's theater, wife. What yeah. theater did she work as a part of? Was it Second? She's a Chicago person. Yeah, I think it was Second City. Yeah, because yeah, I think that's where her and McKay met when McKay went over there. Um, and then the digital program, where, which is what I'm really. <clears throat> this is the thing that I think. Yeah, the digital program uh, we created because I saw there was a definite lack in town. Uh, everyone, everyone is funny here. Everyone, most people can write a halfway decent sketch. Um, it's when they go to shoot it, and things are out of focus, or they go to the beach, and they shoot it at the beach, but like they only use the like the microphone on top of the camera. So, can't fucking hear shit. Yeah. No, just simple things of like how to bring a bounce card. <clears throat> oh, so, so you like so you're so you're you actually go over like that stuff, not yeah, just the how to fundamentals. Write of yeah, the shooting. very hmm. digital one, which is taught by Bill Posley, uh, who's great. Uh, he's a great DP. He's made a ton of stuff. Uh, he's in a bunch of sketches around town. But he's also he's like he shot a lot of sci-fi channel features. Like he knows how to work. So a lot of that first eight weeks is just a crash course. That's why we that's why we require people to do sketch one and sketch two at the pack before you can take digital one is because we just, we literally don't have the time to, to teach you how to write a joke or how to write a sketch. All right. And also it makes sense 
because we want people <clears throat> if someone watches like say if Dr. America or Haymaker or Turncoat one of our house sketch teams does a video and puts it online no one's going to know the difference between that and our digital program shorts so we need the comedy to be consistent it can't be all over the place we right. have a consistent pack theater this is what we think is funny this is how sketch comedy works in this digital realm so the first eight weeks uh, Bill just like gives you a crash course in filmmaking like uh, the very first class we ever did um, I sat in on the first couple just to make sure in the very first class uh, there was a guy who was like yeah can I just ask a question real quick he's like yeah what's a rack focus and I went <laughs> this is exactly why we're doing this because yeah. that guy is really talented and really funny and knows how to edit. His dad's in the business. Didn't know what a rack focus was. I was like, good. This will this will solve if the, if you if nothing else, if you only take this, that will probably mean half of your sketches will no longer suck anymore because you figured out how to like, oh, if I just instead of putting the camera straight on, <laughs> if I just move like two feet to this way, it doesn't look flat and boring and I could never figure out before why my videos didn't look good. It's like, yeah, because there's no dynamic. Or like teaching like three, three point lighting. Like yeah, right. here's your main light. Here's a little fill so this guy doesn't like you know cut in half. And just like a little soft hair light so you can see the background. Oh, right. And then when you get to me, uh, digital two, because uh, Matt Lieberman, we decided to make his like, you know, building a following in the digital world. So he's he knows all that SEO stuff and like how to do the logarithms. Oh, with Facebook and all that, <clears throat> we made that an elective instead of a requirement. So you go Bill, and then you go to me, and I basically turn you into a new Dr. God, a new Midnight Show, a new you know Broken Lizard. The very first class in Digital 2 is like, all right, um, let's build our list of assets. Who owns what? Who's oh, got wow. a camera? Who's got a laptop? Who's got editing software? Who knows how to do that? Who wants to learn how to do that? Great. You're going to be the assistant editor for that guy in this first thing. Who has access to these type of cameras? Who has access to locations? Who's got a green screen? Who has a good friend that has a green screen? The very first thing we do is we just line up. And I do that on purpose so <laughs> that we can just go ahead and nip in the bud that bullshit of like, oh, I just don't have any of this stuff. And like, like don't, no, don't fool yourself that you have to be like a film school grad and you have to have $10,000 worth of equipment in the trunk mm -hmm. of your car. You don't. And also, like, go borrow it or rent it because I know you know a dude that does. Mm -hmm. yeah like, yeah just fucking go hire the two of you <laughs> like if i hire the two of, if there's nine of us on a sketch team and we want to do this video and each one of us kicks in i don't know, fucking like 50 bucks a piece we, you the two of you would make us an amazing video and then you'll have the money to make your amazing yeah. video mm -hmm. and then it's yeah. all and it's all good like that makes no sense to me so it that's removes, the very first thing i do is like yeah. who's got access to what and then we go all right the very next question of that is who wants to do what I see myself as more of a writer. I want to, you know, <clears throat> the group, the first group that came out of the digital, digital program is Fat Wolf. And all of them write. Some of them produce. Some of them want to act more than others. And others are like, I just kind of want to direct and edit. Or I just want to use this as a way to get better at my other things. And I, so right. you get right off, right off the bat. So there's no hard feelings. No one gets, the, no one gets hurt because mm -hmm. these are the expectations. And then it's like, what would you like to get better? I'd like to get better at directing. Great. This, is, this guy's directed a shit ton of stuff. You be his first AD. You learn how to run a set, but also be willing to like. What a listen great to what he does. idea for a program, yeah, especially it's, for improvisers. Yeah, right. And no one else in town or was sketch writers, I should say. Yeah, no or one, both. anyone, or both, uh, yeah. no one in town was teaching it. 
No. Yeah. I it's had to learn everything by yourself. YouTube, YouTube videos yeah. and Linda.com. Yeah. It's a lot harder. But you it's, can't it's, ask questions. It's great though yeah. because you set up the the well one, you remove the the thought of people making excuses. So you're like, there's no excuse for you not to do it, right? Because yeah. you and have I've, all this stuff. And I've got plenty I've got my laptop and right in front of me and I've got right. like a dozen examples, right? And I spin it around. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm a living example. My first feature, I all my friends from, from college, I went to the North Carolina School Yards. All my buddies were making movies. Fist Fit, Foot Fist Way was coming out. Uh, uh, you know, Shotgun Stories, Greg Sobel. His, his, either his first or his second movie was either Spanish Moss or The History of Sound was coming out. And I was so happy and proud for all of them. I was like, oh, I want to make a movie. I don't have any money. How do I make a movie with no money? Mm-hmm. And then I just randomly came across... Um, CBS Pharmacy was selling disposable video cameras. I went, there you go. Disposable video <clears throat> cameras? Yeah, disposable video That's cameras. That's crazy. You'd buy them for 35 bucks. You'd go out, shoot about you know 20 minutes on them, turn it back into CVS, and within an hour, for another 13 bucks, they would put it on a DVD for you. It was for, meant for tourists and all that. And so I found those for Christmas. My parents were like, what do you want? I, want? I was like, I want five of those cameras. That's it. I don't want anything else for Christmas. Just give me five of those. And then me and my buddy Brian Mandel, who shot Foot Fist Way and shot Angry White Man, uh, we f- went on to message boards, figured out how to hack them, found out that uh, – remember the old Palm Pilots? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Palm Pilot 3, that deck that you like put it in so that it connects to your computer and also charges, it's the same interface for the top of those cameras. So we just ripped that off, soldered that to a USB cable, found uh, – <clears throat> like just went on message boards with other nerds and figured out how to hack them. All that, and so I shot my first feature on disposable video camera. I had unlimited, like it was just a laptop and two 500 gig bricks were our like our changing room. So we, and Mandel's MacGyver, he's a genius, but you could have probably figured out how to do this anyway. So we shot, uh, he fixed them so they would shoot 24p, um, and then we got them so they could only take 10 minutes of footage instead of 20 because we were worried like that the chip might blow out yeah. on us. Uh, so, yeah, whenever we finished up taping for that, we would just hand it off to Musco, our first AC. He would put it in the laptop, download it, make sure it all goes into the computer, box it up, and then wipe it clean and hand it back. Uh, that was almost 10 years ago, and four of those five cameras still work. And that's how I sold it. Uh, that's crazy. Just, that yeah, is insane. <clears throat> they watched the movie. They really loved it. It was about a serial killer that wants to retire but doesn't want his life's you know, because horrors and comedies always sell. He doesn't want his life's work to go unnoticed, or so he hires this uh, journalism student to ho- follow him around, uh, but never show his face. And he just waxes philo- uh, philosophical. And they really liked the movie. And when I was sitting in the room, I said, uh, I "said Yeah." And we shot the whole thing on this. And I pulled it out of my front breast pocket and put it on the table. And their eyes just got real big because with independent movies and also digital videos as well. Um, the story behind how you made the movie has to be as good, yeah, if not yeah. better than the movie itself. Especially yeah. when you start doing all the interviews and shit. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So at this point, I get to say that I made the first ever. I've, I made the first ever and sold the first ever movie made completely on disposable video camera. And then when I sit in that room and tell, like, and for the digital class where they're like, "Oh, it's just there's no way I don't have the action." I'm like, "Bullshit! I'm mm-hmm. sitting here. I'm like, that movie led to the next one." Which led to the next, next one, one, right? Yeah, that's amazing, man. You can make, that's you can a make great it on story. anything. That's a great story. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Can you see that online? Is it on your? Unfortunately, Vimeo? no, because the producer of it, who is not my friend, um, <laughs> he, uh, you can watch the trailer for it at Fabrication Films. It's called Killer View. Mm-hmm. Uh, every once, in a while, I have a, I have a Google alert for it. So every once in a while, it'll show up. 
uh, like I'll see a new review of it. And that's how I found out that he uh, shot a new ending without my knowledge or permission. And I wrote, directed, uh, camera operated about half of it, did a lot of the editing, and did the score under an assumed name. That movie is mine. Yeah. And he redid the ending without telling me. And I, I found out from an online film review. And the last time I ever talked to him is when he told me. I didn't know that. I found that out later. But the last time I ever talked to him is when he told me that uh, when he sold it to Fabrication Films, um, he signed a, a 15-year lease. 15 years. Most... Most agreements are six months to a year, then the rights revert back to the filmmakers because they haven't sold it. You sold it for 15 years. Mm, beautiful. And I wanted, I was like, I either have to leave this table right now or go to jail for murder. <laughs> so that's it. I'm very, very proud of it. That is, that is 100% the movie I'm, I wanted to make. Cannot show it to a soul because I don't own it and it's just sitting on a shelf. I have to basically wait for either me to get famous or one of the actors in the movie to get famous. So that they'll actually produce it. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's a shame. Right now, hopefully, Brom Gallagher, who moved back to Ireland to be with his wife, uh, the rumor is that he's going to be on the next next season of Game of Thrones. I'm like, come on, Brom. <laughs> <laughs> come on, Brom. Get famous, kid. Get famous, kid. So they put out this movie. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, do you have time? Do you have another like ten minutes? Uh, I know you're. I got another. Yeah, like five to ten. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Should we try to do a little pitch? Yeah, yeah let's, let's do it. Let's do a quick little pitch sesh. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And so I guess let's try to aim more specifically to digital to video. Digital video. Yeah. To live online. Yeah. Right, good. And good, if good. you can, so that means if you think my idea needs to be like, if let's say one of us pitched an idea to you, or you, you know, mm-hmm. um, correct it if it doesn't seem like you, like if you have a better way to make it. Oh more yeah, for, for digital, sure. You know. Yeah. Okay. Right. So this so this is how it works. If you've listened mm-hmm. before. You know how it goes, but for Brian's sake, we have a list of things right here, a list of improv openings or Various. generation ideas. Okay, yeah. Right? The, so, the idea generator. Right, yeah. the Kurt idea Campbell generator. Campbell's a big fan of that. Yeah. yeah. And so you just give us a number 1 to 14, and that will correspond to, for example, a pattern game. And then we'll just okay. quickly do that. Okay. Create some ideas, and then we'll pitch some digital <clears throat> videos. So, okay. Um, 11 for the 11 disciples. Okay. Used to be twelve, but yeah. uh, no, it's only eleven now. One, yeah. Well, one of the guys, you know. Okay, trending hashtag. I don't know anything about the Bible, so you, there was you twelve disciples. There was, there was, disciples there was, there was twelve disciples, and then Judas betrayed Jesus. So there was. Oh, I always make the joke of like well, it was actually eleven. Yeah. <clears throat> what was it? Okay, so we I basically go on um, Twitter trending here. Hashtag? Yeah, and we can each do uh, it, yeah. or I can just look at mine. Just look at look yours. So for yeah. time's sake, I'll just look at mine. Efficiency. Um, Let's call it efficiency. Sake. Okay. Uh, hashtag war for the planet. Oh, war, war for the planet. For the planet. This yeah. is a tie-in to the war for the planet of the apes. Yeah. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, that's why that's that's why that hashtag is trending. I know that because my buddy Smokey works on all those movies. Uh, it's a great gig. He's a sound editor. He gets to go to New Orleans where they have this monkey-like preservation like enclave and he just mm-hmm. like spends two weeks like just recording monkeys and then get, <laughs> and then get like shit can in the french quarter at night uh, <laughs> he's the best uh so yeah so that's <clears throat> my first thing is like uh ha- what is it hashtag what uh war for the uh war, war for, the, for planet. the planet hashtag war with, for with the, the little monkey emoji at the end of it yeah so there's a little monkey so it's okay. war for the planet of the apes so then mm-hmm. the, there's there's your tie-in um i would uh, for me, it's always I'm always lax to do a digital video for something that ties in specifically to um, a specific movie and or era because 
then once that movie is out of everyone's vision, so is your short. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's not everlasting. I, I constantly Evergreen. talk about Evergreen. that. I love yeah. Evergreen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think there is something you can do for that, like that you can have it live in that world. Because uh, you see, how many Star Wars fan fiction do you see? Like, there's a guy that yeah. spent five thousand dollars rebuilding in his garage uh, Yoda's hut from Empire Strikes Back and, oh, and Jedi, mm-hmm. and it's the guy. It's the it's a guy who it's. It's basically the whole thing is like the guy who came up with the first lightsaber. And so it's just like long like shots of him like and then like him going and it only comes up like six inches. It's like <laughs> ah. oh, and really then funny. like and then they'll cut to the outside again, you hear some tinkering about it. And they're like it goes through the roof and like all the like dust and stuff falls down. He's like yeah, not that one <laughs> so there is a way to tie into movie stuff but like have it be evergreen like that. Right. Oh, that's a great idea. I've never yeah. thought about that, like just sort of play inside that like don't do a don't do a, a video about say like Jon Snow, mm-hmm. but do it about those giants that died in the last season. Yeah, do extended universe. But so like their kids. Yeah, and, like at the giant's funeral, like just a giant. It depends how like how like um, insider you have to be, mm-hmm. right? Like I feel like that that lightsaber thing. If mm-hmm. you don't even know anything about Star Wars, it's still kind of funny because it's this guy working with a tool like, yeah. you know like it's he's a slubby universal. white dad yeah in the garage making something and kind of fucking it up until right. he gets it right drinking right. beer <clears throat> yeah yeah the we first all thing have I, that guy in our life <clears throat> the first thing I think of for this is also to like when you when you do these type of digital shorts in time like use the footage that are out in the extended trailers like mm-hmm. use that high quality production value to so good your right. yeah. benefit <laughs> yeah. like like immediately like because you have so many of those scenes in each one of these three movies there has been at least one scene especially in the last two for sure um there's always a scene with a human being in the woods and they're surrounded by when he's got his hands up because he realizes he's now he's surrounded by monkeys with weapons. And it's always like a lot of long pauses and looking at each other. I would take all that footage of just the monkeys looking at the guy, looking at each other. And then I would take Shane Hartline out into the woods and dress him up with like a pack gear and like a pith helmet. And him just being like, and then they're all looking at each other. And it just keeps going back to Shane. He's going, so do I keep my hands up? <laughs> just anything? Right yeah. And then just go... <clears throat> My buddy Jason Axon is the greatest at that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like, he, he and I did one where it's like Empire Strikes Back, but there was like an alternate ending. Mm-hmm. So this one was the one, because he, he noticed that Empire Strikes Back in the whole trilogy, there's only one scene where, like, they leave the real world and walk into a metaphor, and Luke Skywalker <laughs> has, like, a battle with Darth Vader inside the cave, but, like, then cuts the, you know, the mask off, and it's him. Yeah. It's the only time where, like, uh, so, like, the idea is, like, and I played Luke Skywalker. If, like, Luke Skywalker was just, like, a little less bright. <laughs> so I just came in, like, Yoda, oh, my God, I just killed Darth Vader with a lightsaber. And, like, you put, you, everyone built him up as, like, this amazing fucking, you know, swords guy. But, like, I killed him with, like, two fucking hits. Like, <laughs> uh, I won the war. Can you believe it? That was you. No, that wasn't me. I'm me. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. You told me not to bring a weapon. Uh, horrible idea. <laughs> uh, and then he did one where it's the... Uh, you know, they do that, like, not going anywhere for a while, that Snickers campaign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, like, he did one where it was, um, he took the footage from the Road Warrior where it's the guy in the, the metal hockey mask, and he's on the mic. Just give us the gasoline. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just walk away and you shall live. <laughs> and it's just that scene. And the only thing he did different is he overdubbed that guy with just, like, uh, just want to let everyone know um, it's Bill's birthday coming up this weekend. <laughs> so if you want to bring something, that's fine. Not a bottle of wine. 
don't wait until the last second. <laughs> uh, bring It's a barbecue. Bring plenty of sunscreen because uh, let me tell you, number one guy right here. Yeah. Who? Uh, yeah, bad times. And then mm-hmm. it just and it goes to like. It's just he's just using that footage from the movie, and then he just puts in a little Snickers bar to like Mel Gibson's hand, as he's like eating the thing. He's like not going anywhere for a while. <laughs> it's just the idea that the Ayatollah of rock and roll is just going on and on and on. Right. So yeah, I would find something that's already there, and since you can probably get away with like parody laws, or mm-hmm. you put it up on the fan sites because that's all they want. They want interaction. The whole reason that hashtag is there because they want you to do shit like that, mm-hmm. but do it in a way that like it's sort of evergreen. Like it's it's always gonna be funny to watch a guy. Like with his hands up and monkeys and just looking at each other and looking back and forth. That mm-hmm. you could you could show that to someone for four years from now and be like, mm-hmm. Oh, is that from that weird Planet of the Apes movie? I never saw it. This is funny though. Yeah. I like this. Yeah, like, yeah. 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 Um that's my first thought. And then also always my second thought when it comes to digital videos. If it's if it's longer than four the first thing I do when anyone sends me a video, I'm like, Hey, will you take a look at this BOC? I'm like, Yeah, of course. All right. I, the first thing I do is go to the bottom right hand corner. If that number <laughs> is larger than four, I send it back. Oh, wow. Mine's two. Perfect. Yeah. I, like, me and him always talk, like, if it hits, like, two, we probably took too long to well, get t- to it. it depends on, like, the yeah. story that you need to tell. If it's or, a like, web series. Yeah, and doc- yeah. yeah, web series is different. Yeah. But for sketches like even that. Even web series, I'll even get, yeah. I'll let you go some up, up to seven. But, like, if it's just, like, if this is standalone, I send it right back to you. I'm like, you are, you are clearly not done editing yet. <laughs> Please get back to me when it's under four minutes. Yeah. You, I, I'm sorry. You, must, you mistakenly sent me a rough cut. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, that, like... Yeah, a lot of it, too, is, like, uh, people watch, like, a seven- to eight-minute web series because it's television. Right. Like, they want to know the story. You're telling, uh, four minutes for a short film, depending on what story you want to tell, where you need, like, especially if it's, like, a horror short, it's hard to tell a 90-second horror. Like, you need to build up that sense of dread and all that. But, yeah, comedy, you got to live in that 90 seconds to two minutes because someone will be like, oh, you haven't seen it? They'll pull out their phone, and you'll watch. Mm-hmm. You will you, you will watch your buddy's phone for ninety seconds. You won't watch it for four. And you can you watch it if you just watch, watch your buddy pull out their phone. You can almost watch him go, "Oh, this is good." And then as it gets like ninety seconds in, they start doing. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're in a large yeah. bar or something. But I have also stood around shoulder to shoulder with my friend, him showing me a thing, and us just cackling like madmen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh, can you send that to me?" He was like, "Yeah," because I'm already on my phone and I can do it. Uh, anything other than that is kind of. You're kind of wasting your time because yeah. no one's going to watch it. Mm-hmm. Just no one's going to watch it because there's so much out there now. Yeah. You can glove it. Yeah. If I was going to pitch on that hashtag, the first thing that popped in my head was – say it one more time. Uh, hashtag war of, uh, war of the planet. War for the, war for war for the, the world war and then a monkey the emoji. War for the world or war for the planet? War for the planet. War, war for, for the, the planet. Monkey, yeah. Because yeah. I was like – you know those like elf – the mm-hmm. something Earth Liberation Force or whatever they're called. Oh yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, talking yeah. about. Yeah, I know exactly what I'm talking about. I was, I just pictured a bunch of like hippies. Okay, I just pictured a bunch of like hippies, um, doing like a Braveheart speech. Oh hell yeah! You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, I don't know what I don't know. I don't have much more to it than that. But just mm-hmm. the idea of like a war for the planet. Like this one's for the planet, but they're all like, I don't know. I don't know. There's not much. No, there's a big like back to the Earth movement where they went. Uh, where all those hippies left the hate Ashbury and went to like Tennessee and Alabama and those places in the mountains and like yeah went back to the land and all that so it's a weird so what would their know, what would their freedom what would that line be what would they be fighting against oh they'd be fighting against like the the Buford S Pusser big fat redneck sheriff with the oh you know, yeah shades yeah, like they may take our lives, and across yeah. the field is just you know a bunch of fat cops, fat cops on horses, <laughs> but like 
<laughs> right? Doing that. Thing. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, Super funny. Yeah, that's the other thing too. Like if you're gonna do um, do parodies, uh, you can go back in time for sure. Uh, but you just have to make sure you haven't done stuff like because, like for example, like that they may take our lives. Like with the hippies, that's a new thing. Like that's yeah. something I haven't seen done before, and mm-hmm. it kind of fits because they all have long hair and they're kind of dirty. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that fits. Versus, <laughs> you see so many people like try and shove. Yeah. That kind of stuff in. Like, yeah. I'm glad that those types of movies, uh, you know, like epic movie or date movie or all yeah. those ones, like uh, basically the movies that go, hey, you remember last year? <laughs> yeah. Like those movies, like those, I'm glad that those fucking died on the vine because those are not, except those, those aren't for, except for, don't be a minute to South Central drinking your juice in the hood. Oh, well, that was, that's the OG. And, like, yeah. and then the first yeah. two, so was, the first two scary movies are, are legit, right, right. right? I'm talking, I'm no. literally talking about those two. Uh, Cocksuckers. Oh, the epic movie, or meet, whatever. It's yeah, called. like meet, uh, meet the Spartans, like those assholes. Yeah. Fuck those guys forever. Yeah, <laughs> those guys, those guys set back comedy like fifteen years. Yeah, because you see all these like YouTube influencers and all those Vine stars are doing like that. Like, I'm like, uh, this is just comedy that I saw them do on Living Color, but you're just doing a much more racist version of it. <laughs> uh, oh, that's why. Oh, because when you were growing up, these are the these are the comedies that came out when you were like nine or ten, and were watching comedies with your older brothers and sisters. And then, so that's what you thought comedy, and that's what you thought cool was. It was just references, right? Just like, hey, wouldn't it be weird if the guy, like, if the if Leonidas from Three Hundred, uh, d- did a river dance? <laughs> like that's it. Like, yeah. That's all. They're just like, what if this guy met this guy? Like that's mm-hmm. there's no comedy there, right? Yeah. What about you? What are you going to turn What for this pitch? Here? I was thinking. Uh, it made me think of Captain Planet. Oh hell yeah! And like, uh, like, what if Captain Planet just gave up? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, like I don't, I don't know how you would shoot it. I guess in my brain, I'm thinking of of it like a docu style thing. Like, where mm-hmm. are they now? Oh, that's really funny. You know, where Captain Planet? Is. I like that. Oh god, I also like the idea of you just living in Van Nuys. <laughs> oh, I just want to like, like the idea of like using some of that footage of like the monkeys talking like. No, long time ago. And I would just do like a dissolve <laughs> into that last sequence of the original Planet of the Apes with Charlton Hessman on oh, the yeah, yeah. and going up and like finding the uh you know the Statue of Liberty. You, go, you did it, you maniacs. <laughs> but I would just put Captain I would just green screen Captain Planet over Charlton Heston. <laughs> so that like yeah, just like Charlton like, You did it, you maniacs I'm like, oh no, Captain Planet <laughs> for so long. That's his whole thing. Like the whole reason Captain Planet exists because everyone in the nineties was like, Whoa guys, we have gone too fucking far. <laughs> <laughs> with yeah. the nuclear weapons thing. We need right. to teach these kids to like back it up. Back, back it up. up. <laughs> and then yeah, you just put Captain Planet instead of Charlton Heston in there. Like honestly, I'm sure that's something that AOK is is gonna do. Like that's tomorrow. That's, yeah, that's Money yeah. Penny and uh and Heather Ann Campbell's jam. Yeah. Their thing. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure they're they're the ones that did all the uh they were doing it over at ADHD, but they do some of it at AOK now. They're the ones that did like um, it's all the animated ones, so it's like uh, anatomic, anatomically correct Ducktales. Oh God, oh, that's <laughs> the funny. That's, so that's, that's Heather's. That's Heather's baby. Yeah, uh, they did one where she like they had a live horse in it, and it's like this sketch she's had forever and ever, and they finally had enough money to like, yes, you can rent a horse. Uh, sketch. That's um, funny. That stuff to me is always like, yeah, do the do the like. There's and they have another one. One of my favorites from AOK. I think we're good here. Yeah, I got yeah, two good, guys. Yeah. Uh, AOK has a great one where it's like uh, it's uh, like realistic Batman, and so it's a guy in an alley like chasing a woman like to steal her purse, and she's like, "No, no!" It's all animated, and you see Batman on the top of the roof. And he's like, 
being all Batman. And he jumps off the roof to go down, and it's just, and it cuts to behind the uh, behind the robber, and it's just, <laughs> just, it's just Batman dead, broken, yeah, because you can't. I don't care. You're not a superhero. You can't jump yeah, off a seven-story building into an alley. And not fucking die. <laughs> that is so funny. And, and that's it. It's five seconds. That's so right. funny. It's perfect. Oh that's my perfect. god. Yeah. So if you're gonna, yeah, if you're gonna use the stuff for like, I love that of like shit. Mechanical stuff or you know pop culture stuff. Like do stuff like that to pay the bills so that you can you know, <laughs> so that someone will allow you to like rent a horse. Rent a horse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Um, so do you have anything you want to tell you us about? Tell me about plug. plug. Uh, yeah, I think I would talk about uh, most of the stuff. So like, yeah, it's just uh, it's boc.com is my is my new website that Aaron Albert Stein made for me, and I'm really happy with it. Okay. Uh, it uh, itsboc boc is whatever everyone oh. calls me. Yeah, yeah, you guys call me. Me. My friends call me. That's got a lot of my video stuff there, including the newest one I just did, Falling in Love. Um, and then Dr. God is the first and third Saturdays at IO and I do a show at the pack. Now I waited an entire year. Like we had such, when we first did the seven day schedule, there were so many good shows. And I was like, Oh, I can't throw around a dick around show. Uh-huh. <laughs> I got to come up. So I got workshop and workshop. So I'm waited almost an entire year for me to put up my show. And I book like 80% of the schedule. Uh-huh. I was like, I could put up a show whenever the fuck I wanted uh-huh. to. Right. Uh, so I did this one is W WPCK pack theater radio. Cool. And I'm really, really proud of that. That's like, uh, if you like everythingisterrible.com, you'll like that. If you like Super Deluxe, you'll like that. If you like WKRP in Cincinnati, but in the like in the under underverse, the underside dark universe yeah. from like mm-hmm. Stranger Things, you'll like it. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, and so this, like I said, the next one we're gonna do. Um, we just debuted. The next one is July, the fourth Saturday of every month at 9 p.m. So whatever that fourth Saturday is, I believe it's the 22nd of July. At 9 p.m. and that's uh, all 50 states. We're gonna do a we're gonna do oh, a bit man. for 50 states in 50 minutes. That's great. Yeah, Beautiful. and that's can, what I got going. Oh, and you can find us at <laughs> Foopod F O O W P O D. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have a tagline for our show. Okay. So can you give us a tagline? Foo, fish out of water. Yeah. It was a foo-pa. Every time you say fupa, I think of like faux pas. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, like. Uh, Maybe it's Fupa, it's not a mistake. <laughs> this Perfect. podcast is not a mistake. Perfect. Fupod is not a mistake. Great. Awesome. Great. Thank you, Thanks, man. Brian. Thanks, you guys. BOC. This has been a Boardwalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit boardwalkaudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.